I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The Treehouse, episode 14. Sometimes a great notion with Danny Baker and me, Louise Pepper. Welcome, everybody. Very good morning. And here we go again with another two hours of fun for old and young without the slightest hint of vulgarity. Uh, and and th- today there is so... Normally I start the show, you know, uh, just saying some of the... Uh, shining a torch into some of the darker edges of mm. histories, you know, on, on this day and that. Uh, but today there's so much... Really? We may not get the listeners in. Um, that's a terrible Ooh, thing to say. I, we see, I think it's over-aggrandising calling them listeners in the first place. They're eavesdroppers. <laughs> and when Peps and I meet here every week, we happen to leave the door open a little bit, and you're very good and extraordinarily good to slide notes under the door, and we're getting so many. <laughs> I say this perhaps too often, but promise we will get round to all of these. We will get round to <laughs> yeah. all of these, but they're, 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 the, the strength yeah. of this stories and writing oh, is extraordinary. Good. But against that, against that... Uh, so Hadrian, you know who's got the wall? Of the wall, yeah. Uh, today, born in 76. Just 76. <laughs> oh! I know, the, the year 76, Hadrian uh, came. And the Hadrian just dropped the H off of it. No-one else is Hadrian, are they? They dropped the H and he became like them, uh, you know, Adrian. Might need to be revived, actually. Hadrian's Hadrian. quite a great good I know, name. but Hadrian, yes, it... Well, we've, <laughs> we've just been talking. Tell everyone, because they think I make this stuff up. Who have we just been talking to who works here? <laughs> Gulliver Tickle. Gulliver Tickle works here. Uh, and years ago, I used to do the exotic register, mm. asking people for genuinely exotic names that you envied. Yeah. And uh, some were a little on the uh, giggly, preposterous side. Hey, face that, Gulliver. Uh, but um, Aspro Fender, well, I yes. went to school with. Aspro Fender, that was a great name. One of the best footballers I ever knew, Aspro Fender. Uh, you've, have you got something? Well, funnily enough, back in November, Samantha emailed us saying, please, 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 could you revive people with the longest and strangest names? I seem to remember someone on 606 having a load of Christian names that ended with Barty Barty Goldfinch. Yes, it was. And I had my son eight years ago. I was strongly tempted to add Barty Barty (laughs) into his name. (laughs) Sam, I have asked the question. We will, but remember, not everyone gets in. It's rather like the saps, (laughs) which you think we've neglected. No, we haven't. Uh, uh, And uh, we will do the exotic register again. Mm. Against that, there was the... uh, not unexotic, I can't remember what we called it now, but the plain register. Oh, yes. Uh, and there was one... Uh, oh, yes, there was one name allowed into that because no name was more plain than Vic Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. What, not even a David Smith? No, no, I think, no, I think you, uh, over here, 
in gold, Gulliver Tickle. Over there, perhaps in clay, Vic Perkins. <laughs> anyway, this is not getting us on with the res here, Pep. Stop talking mm. to me about Barty Goldfinches. Um, Hadrian, who dropped the H off, right? Yeah. But that wasn't his name. Of course it wasn't his name. That was his middle name. His oh, name was one of those. His name was uh, Publius. Oh. Publius. It should be Hadrian's Pub. <laughs> It's, his name's Publius. Uh, you've told me your middle name. Is it Gillian? Jane. Jane. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, on, the, on the plain front. Well, no, no, plain Jane is absolutely fine. Four square. Uh, I'll write these down as we go for the next show. We must do. Give us the story of your middle name. We'll do that. By the way, Hadrian's Wall. Yeah. And we should we shouldn't take him to task like this, but Hadrian's Wall. Have you ever seen it? No. It, 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 it's not very big. It's Could you mistake it for an ordinary you know, farm yeah, wall? No, it, yes, it's about four foot high. And yet, you read any... And I tried to read up on it. It was a defensive fortification. You could literally lean on it and, and hop over. <laughs> what on earth this was supposed to do to the hordes of Picts coming down? Oh, no. They've it, built a they, wall? They've built some kind of fence. Uh, yeah, Hadrian's Wall is the least impressive of any uh, monument or, or seven wonder that, unless people want to argue with me, I'd say Hadrian's Wall. Literally, you put one hand on top of it and you could hop over it. So there's Hadrian. Mm. Uh, Oral Roberts, do you know Oral Roberts? Not at all. One of the most famous evangelists in America. We'll start the show any second now, everyone. One of the most famous evangelists of all time okay. in America. Brackets Charlatan, of course. Uh, it, it, Oral Roberts. His name really was Oral. O-R-A-L. Mr and Mrs Roberts, given of a son, <laughs> called him Oral. And it sounds like he was very... Yeah, well, he was. That's the thing. Well, in the name sometimes suggest uh, the career, of course. But, uh, in fact, his middle name was Oral. His actual name was G G Granville. <laughs> but he was an Oral Roberts. Uh, and uh, he inevitably became involved in a scandal. His ministry got into no. a scandal. Yes, in no. 1989. And it, uh, I read it this morning. Oral was forced to sell his holiday homes in Palm Springs and Beverly Hills and three of his Mercedes. <laughs> Oh God, my hat always comes off to these. The other one, Tammy Faye Baker. Do you know Tammy Faye? A, a relative? Uh, no, no. Tam, uh, it's spelled B-A-K-K-E-R. Her and her husband were probably the number one in the 20th century. Very, very, very good documentary about them. Uh, and they're actually wonderful people. Uh, they really are. She made Dolly Parton look as if she never wore any makeup. She was fantastic. Well, I think we can play this because the, here, here is an old friend of the show because she used to make kids' albums. Uh, and long gone now, the pair of them, but uh, she used to make kids' albums. And long-time listeners will know her when they hear her because here she is singing on, on one of her kids' albums. Jesus takes a throne and he turns it upside down And oops, there comes a smile When I'm very sad, Jesus makes me glad And oops, there comes a smile Now, I, 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 that, that's that's her. That's, Gosh. Yes, that's her. Uh, and there's a giggle at the end that I'll spare you. But that's <laughs> typical of her, her albums. So uh, we've got your Oral Roberts, uh, you've got your, your Tammy Faye Baker mm. today, and just a couple of more things. The, um, the Boy Scouts got going today. Oh. Uh, we record this on the 24th of January. The Boy Scouts got going. Huge years ago on television, the, the uh, gang show. No? Oh, no, I don't know that. All the Scouts used to get together for a jamboree. Oh, yeah, see, are they the only people that have a jamboree? 
There they are. Uh, yes, they are. <laughs> yeah. They're the only people that have jamborees, are they not? Yeah, well, why didn't we use that for a title for the show? Oh. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, Napoleon Pepper and her jamboree bag. <laughs> Anyway, uh, there are others, but I'll bring them to as we go on, uh, including, don't let me forget about Humphrey O'Sullivan. Uh, what are we doing today, Peps? Number one, wedding dress tails. Mm-hmm. Which I forgot, actually. My granddad trod on the back of my mum's wedding dress as, as they left the house for the church. No. And split my mum's no. wedding dress up the back. So my mum had to literally stand there and sew herself into her wedding no. dress. Well, how could you have forgot that? What a, well, we're, we're There's here, the opening th- wedding dress well, tale. No, we've got two or three absolute pips and dandies to bring you, but go. trod on the back of it. Yeah, trod on the back of her sort of train and just ripped the back of her dress open. No, oh, no, OK. Mm. Continue, what else? We Number two, not your usual drunk story. <laughs> <laughs> stories, yeah, obviously most drunk stories go a certain way in disgrace and shame, but there are other types of drunk stories. And we'd love to hear from you with them. Number three, forgeries. Mm-hmm. Number four, family traits you've inherited. Now we, we've, we, we, we're talking small here. Yeah, yours. I, I, is... I, I haven't got it on today. Oh. I didn't bring it out, but always I noticed in restaurants and everywhere. I take my watch off and put it to the side. I'm not aware I do it, and it takes someone to say, "Broadcasting, I always do it, and always leave it in the studios." Why is your watch on the table? I don't know. That's what my dad used to do, and I'm unaware when I started that. I take my watch off and I put it there. It's not a heavy watch. It's not a. <laughs> bit, it's just I don't know when I started doing it, but it's exactly what my old man used to do. It's um. It, yeah, what we want is when someone goes, you know your mum or dad does that? Because yeah. mine is, really pathetically, telling my husband the price of petrol of every petrol station. Do you? Fast. I've Do inherited you? that from my dad. I go, cool, 131. It's 146 down the road. <laughs> and he's like, you know your dad does that? Yeah. And it's become an obsession I, that I've inherited. is just reciting out the price of petrol as I go past the petrol station. I couldn't, station. you put a gun to my head, I couldn't tell you how much petrol is. But <laughs> now I know I, to I, can, I can get in touch with you at any uh, time. Oh, any, any, any Sunny, Sonny, my boy is... Uh, got a terrible one off me. I don't know when I started doing this. You might notice me doing it, but sometimes when I get a little excited or find something funny, I go, I do that with my nose. I I go like a rabbit and I hold one side of it and it yes, it does look like you've, you know, some cocaine addict, but it's not. (laughs) It's purely, I go like that. Well, Sonny does it. (laughs) Sonny does it. And he says, yeah, thanks for that. It does that when he goes... (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Told you you we're not going to get anywhere today. (laughs) And number five, people mangling well-known expressions and proverbs. We have been been in contact with the... the, uh, Do you remember the old uh, vaudeville star, Jonathan Ross? (laughs) Big, back in the... Him? Back in the 40s. Jonathan Ross was as, you know, he was as big as Jonathan Routh. Uh, but Jonathan Ross is in touch. He says, oh, over the years I've collected these. The master of it was the late, great uh, Addison Cresswell, who was Jonathan's agent and very famous. That's a great name. It is, Addison was, yeah. Uh, he, he said once, oh, you mean I've got the Mazda Touch, <laughs> as opposed to Midas. Uh, We've all passed a lot of water under that bridge since then, haven't we, Jonathan? And ships that pass in the nightmare, he said, apparently. <laughs> the very worst I ever heard of one of these... Uh, and it occurred to me after I'd set the subject, and it, as he was saying it, the, we, we got beat. We all got beat at Cambridge once in when Cambridge were um, in the lowest division, and we were doing quite well. We lost to a last-minute goal on a Tuesday night in Cambridge uh, in the rain, own goal as well. 
And afterwards, he was so disappointed. We were sitting in a, a pub afterwards, and he was so disappointed by me. He wanted to say, uh, you only, you know, because the cup, you only get uh, one bite of the cookie or one... Uh, oh, yeah. uh, or, or, and also, in his mind, must have been that's the way the cookie crumbles. And halfway through, we could see him mentally bailing out. He went, because, you know, you only get one cook at the crumbly, don't you? <laughs> He did. He said, you only get one cook at the crumbly. Now, and we're back into things you've never learned. Someone forget. <laughs> we only get one cook at the crumbly. Yes, we do indeed. That's, that's My mum's friend Janet, sorry Jan, is great at these, but one of her best is a leper can't change his spots. A leper? <laughs> Which in a way well, she's quite right. You know, you've done travel for many years. Uh, many years, yeah. uh, And uh, sometimes motorways get shut down because of a shed load, don't mm. they? Uh, Bonnie, uh, I think she told you once, actually thought uh, it was a shed load of something, with yeah. an expression. <laughs> yes. Oh, a shed load of wood, a we shed load of trees. go really close. A shed load. But, uh, again, we're, we're hogging it all when you've been good enough to get in touch. What have you got over there, Peps? Well, if you're saying roads, I'm mm-hmm. going to go with Steve. Uh-huh. Um, things you're never allowed to forget saying. It says, my father never learnt to drive. One day we picked my parents up from Southend, heading to the north. Along the A127, joined the M25, went round that and then up the slip road to the M1. As we joined the M1, my father piped up. Isn't it good the way they all join up? (laughs) We we asked him whether he envisaged turnpikes or a car park where you left your M25 car and transferred into an M1 car. (laughs) He's gone now. We never let him live it down. uh, Again, a friend of mine said, when's your birthday? I said, June the 22nd. And yours? Uh, And he said, I mean, we've all got birthdays in the same year. (laughs) We've all got birthdays in the same year. (laughs) That'll work. Uh, This is... um, from our correspondent, Stephen. Uh, I want to tell you about an unwanted gift. We were doing this the other week, of course, mm-hmm. the, the unwanted gifts. Let's put me Steely Dan music on, earn some money out of it. Uh, I'll certainly get, get my money's worth out of it. Oh, I can't find it. I never know where that is. Uh, let me find something that'll do this. Um... Oh, look at this. You know what that is? It's Alpine Horn. You know they're like it's quite pleasing. Thirty-five feet long. You ever seen an oh, alpine yes, horn? Oh yes, yes, yes. You, you don't get enough On of this anymore. A packet of chocolate. <laughs> yes, there was. But who wouldn't like to have a go at that? That's an alpine oh. horn. Thirty feet of it. Thirty good feet of alpine horn. Are they easier than a didgeridoo? Because them's is hard. I, I can play a didgeridoo. Oh. I wouldn't be able to do that. But there's not enough room anyway. You, if you, if, wherever you live, if you're going to invest in an alpine horn, you have to leave the window open and just shove it out. Or and live pe- in an alp. Or live, or live in an Listen, if you listen to this, can you hear the cowbells? That's genuinely recorded on an alp. That's charming. Yeah. We'll come back to what I was just talking about because let me run types of milk by you. Mm-hmm. Evaporated? Yes? Mm-hmm. Yes, aware. Condensed? Not sure of the difference between the two, but No, yes. exactly. Sterilised. Sterilised milk was huge, uh, and I don't want to make this Is that all... Is what we yet. now call pasteurised, or...? I don't know. It came in a very thin-necked bottle. Uh, a mile when you always had sterilised milk in tea. Anyway, wasn't that soothing? That was a real... Uh, a, a real uh, alp, alpine horn. OK, here we go. 
want to tell you about an unwanted gift I got. This is from Stephen that found its way into our house. 23 years ago, I took my now wife to Matlock on our first date. And we have been back on the same year, day ever since. Isn't that oh. lovely? Isn't that lovely? Oh, nice. These trips have changed as we were married in 1999 and had our son Luke in 2003. But we still visit Matlock and have a lovely time. In recent years, a fairground has started to appear. Oh, I've got that with us. I'll get more fluid in this. I'm only just filling this up at the moment. But uh, let's get a fairground on. Anyway, so uh, a fairground has appeared. Now, he said, uh, uh, fairgrounds on me, act like, uh, despite being in my teens, my boy still views this as an opportunity to se- separate me from any money I have to my name. <laughs> the first time uh, I saw the fair, probably in about 2016, Luke decided he wanted to go on the shooting range and provided uh, quite proof to be quite the sharpshooter. His first shot won a £5 note, but then his second shot won a mystery prize and the stallholder started to look worried. It was at this point he handed over to my 12-year-old son, my 12-year-old son, a cigarette lighter. (laughs) A cigarette lighter to a 12-year-old, but not just a cigarette lighter. It was a cigarette lighter proudly adorned with a naked lady. This seemed to put his aim somewhat off and no more prizes were won. We still have the lighter, but it remains unused and my wife has provided the young lady with a Sharpie bra to spare her blushes. (laughs) (laughs) There must have been something else. What what is wrong with the old coconut? Why we have a 12-year-old... Give us something over there, Peps. This is is from John in Manchester. Two for the price of one. Long-time listener, first-time emailer. Thank you. I'd like to combine two subjects. Do you know who that was and getting their name wrong? This story's been passed down in our family for years with the sincere hope that with Danny, with his years of music showbizery experience and knowledge, will mm-hmm. shed some light upon it. Mm-hmm. Around spring 1970, my mum and dad are celebrating their 10th wedding anniversary with a trip to London. Being from up north, this was a big thing. And whilst pushing my older brother around in his pram, they were distracted by the hustle and bustle of the great city and my mother accidentally caught the heels of the gent in front with the pram. Spinning around, the gent gave my mother a glare. No shrinking violet, my father bounded forward and said, no need for dirty looks, pal, it was an accident. The gent apologised, my mother apologised too, and then, according to my father's telling, her face lit up and she looked like she would burst into tears. Hmm. What my mother had noticed was it was the face of Paul Simon. No. Being a huge fan, she said repeatedly, oh my God, you're Paul Simon. Upon this exclamation, the gentleman with Paul, and hadn't not uh, previously unnoticed by my parents, approached... And this time my father said, it bloody well isn't, but that is... Yes, my parents had walked into Paul and Eddie side. Yes, his brother Eddie, they do look very similar. They claim for years they must be identical twins, but we've never verified it. I've seen mention of Paul's brother Eddie, but my parents said they were an exact mirror image. Since my parents have passed away, a friend has sent me a YouTube video of Paul and Eddie yeah. performing in the late 60s. And it reinforces that my parents believe belief that they were identical twins. And as my father would say, we got two Paul Simons for the price of one. What a beautiful story. Paul Simon, of course, one of the very few people in show business, generally, who got away with wearing a wig for a very long time. He did not. He, he, well, he, I, he, when you talk about people, and of course Elton gets too much heat here, mm. I think, too much heat. Uh, he's very funny about it in his book. But Paul Simon managed to do the perfect kind of um, sleight of hand as he was going enough 
that the next time he turned up with a short haircut, everyone thought he's just had his hair cut. Oh. Uh, you look around, oh, I think about 75. He started. Oh, that early. oh yeah, the toop arrived around then. Yes, it was a good one. None of your string under the chin job. It was a good one. <laughs> but at the time, he got away with it until you well, Until you told me right now. Oh, it's a good one. These days, he's eschewed it because, it, you know, I think keeping up with the colour changes is always mm. the hard thing. Uh, but Paul, Paul had one and he did one of the other great things, Paul Simon. Uh, I was at the Hammersmith Odeon. He played there in about 1977-78. And at the interval, uh, he said, we're going to take a break now. He said, but you know what? This is the last night of the tour. Why don't you all go to the bar and it's all on me? <gasps> he shot the bar at the Hammersmith Odeon in London. He said to him, you can imagine the stampede at that point. Paul Simon said, go and have a drink on me. No one in, in the history of rock music has ever done anything like that. Here's another wedding dress story. Here we go. Uh, page one with my wedding music on. So... Here we go. Uh, I can't find anything. I'll put some royal music on that. I do. Here we go. Oh, yeah, this is very bridal. It is, yes, it is. I was best man at my... This is from our friend Griff. I was best man at my brother's wedding, and I'm pleased to report that everything went smoothly at the service, and my brother and his American wife remain contentedly married to this day. They met in Florida in 2001. So as a, Wendy knows I'd have been off like a shot I always, I always wanted to marry an American girl I did, always Jennifer Aniston's still single Well we've got that arrangement We'll do that one of these weeks You know that uh, you, Anyone out there with a partner You have an uns, usually unspoken agreement That she says if Robert Downey Jr. rings up She's off okay. And I, I understand that But I said to her if Jennifer Aniston rings up I'm off And we both have that <laughs> Now you may want to get in touch To give your own arrangements on that Anyway we met in Florida in 2001 and have lived there ever since, but got married at our local church in North Wales. After the service, we were told of a slight incident when my now sister-in-law, Cindy, was on her way to the church. My uncle had been given the responsibility on the rather drizzly day to hold the umbrella over her and escort the bride into the wedding, uh, from the wedding car into the church, of course. After performing his duties and seeing the bride safely inside the foyer of the church, he returned to his seat, where my aunt excitedly asked him, "Has she looking? Nice, replied Derek. Nice. She's not wearing white, though. Is that an American? Oh. A few short minutes later, Cindy walked down the aisle, looking every bit the perfect bride, as she strode out in her beautiful dress, which was conspicuous by its whiteness. It was very white. Her twin sister, Christy, followed a couple of paces behind in a peach-coloured gown that Derek recognised. <laughs> Having not had the chance to meet Cindy or her family prior to the service, Derek had a reasonable excuse for leaving the bride outside in the elements, <laughs> second before the biggest moment of her life. Well, nobody told me to twin them. It's only two of them. Fortunately, the drizzle wasn't too bad and the incident didn't distract from a lovely day all the way around. How <laughs> about that? Is that her? Yes, that's her. She's wearing white. No, no, she must have got changed in the, in the, in the, in the foyer. Oh, oh, I see what's happened here. <laughs> Something from there, perhaps. This is climbing walls and fences. Oh, yeah, OK. Hadrian's Wall, you see. You'd be over Hadrian's mm. Wall in an apps. If you have a look it up online, everyone. It, you've probably seen it, but a, 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 a donkey could just look over it. A donkey could look over Hadrian's Wall. So how's he going to keep out these Scots? Funnily enough, it was one of the phases my husband's granddad, late granddad, always used to say, because he was from Glasgow, but had lived in England since he was 18. He says that his mum hopped in... 
handed him over Hadrian's yeah. Wall and told him not to come back till he made his fortune. And now it makes sense. <laughs> well, it's, it, it probably was just a boundary, but everywhere you look up, it said it was a fortification. And it's the most ridiculous fortification. Any fortification where a Labrador can jump over it is not going <laughs> to keep the Picts from our doors. Oh, face facts, Picts. What you got there? So, back in the early 80s, this is from Nathan Inkpen, another great another name. Another great, great name. Full of names today. Now in Auckland. Back in the early 80s, my best mate John had a house on Kingston Hill and my house was near Ham. The quickest way, or the best way between the two houses was through the magnificent Richmond Park. We were teens, so either push bike or shanks his pony. The great thing about the park is it is open 24 hours a day to walkers and cyclists and closed to sun to cars sunset to sun up. Mm-hmm. This is a good bit of info from So you can always get through the park 24-7, or at least you used to in the 80s and 90s. Let's bear in mind Nathan now lives in Auckland. After drinking and hijinks at my mate John's place, we thought a 3am ramble back to mine through the park would be the most sensible option. Off we set, no torches, dark as, no moon. So for extra fun, we forgot the roads and paths and bush-bashed through the bracken in what we thought was quite a direct route. We climbed over a couple of wire fences. Nothing major, there's a few fenced-off areas for the deers, so no alarm bells and the fences started to get a tad more sturdy. <laughs> the last one was proper and we needed a bunk up to get over. Mission accomplished, no more fences, no bracken, but then a quite a nice, well-tended well lawn. That's when the searchlights hit us. <laughs> <laughs> With rather a booming sound as they came on. The blinding light and a frenetic barking of dogs and a disembodied voice over a loud hailer saying, Halt! It's me or the dogs! <laughs> While we're in a police security hut being questioned by what we uh, by a member of what we can only assume is Royal Protection Squad, we discovered we've broken into Princess Alexandra's back garden. Really? The Queen's first cousin who lives inside Richmond Park. <laughs> Fairly serious talking to, bearing in mind this is the time of IRA activity and that guy Fagan who'd had a oh, trip yeah, into Donald the Queen's Fagan. bedroom. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. As a footnote, my mate John hates authority and still does. When the guy said it's me or, a, or the dog, no word of a lie, he said, I'll take the dog. <laughs> I might have screamed a bit at that point. You see, you, you, you're Princess Alexandra. Mm. I know they're slimming down the royal family and all of that. Uh, is she still knocking around Princess Alexandra? I think, how about Viscount Lindley? Is he still out there? I think so. Isn't, yeah. isn't he... Margaret's son? I one of the few Viscounts. It's like the uh, uh, the, the Akand of Swat, as we mentioned the <laughs> other week, you know, or the Emir of Kuwait. Well, for my money, the best Emir there is. But uh, you've got your Viscount. I don't know any other Viscounts, apart from the, um, the biscuits. Biscuit. They are a biscuit. Oh, it's good By the way, in your lunchbox. I know, I know, people of a ridiculous disposition out there, they snorted the tea down their nose when you said bunk up. Don't, it's a phrase you do not hear anymore. You don't. Give us a bunk up. Did you get a bunk up? <laughs> I had a bunk up last night. <laughs> you don't. Nobody. No, honestly, the 12 year olds who are good enough to uh, engineer and put this show out on the air. Bunk up was it? Oh, is it a euphemism? It was the euphemism, my friend. <laughs> the words bunk and up put together in a sentence made a man never look so tall. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, I know we don't often. I said without the slightest hint of vulgarity, and I bet there's somebody now who's put the phone down on us. Reverend Tim is on oh. the line. <laughs> You're actually blushing. I, Reverend Tim. 
I am so sorry you had to hear that. I, re- I, I, no. I, I am so sorry you had to hear that. But, you know, <laughs> the great thing about, as, as the great Reverend Richard Coles points out to us, uh, the reverends are more people of the world than we presume. Of course, the phrase bunk up is not unknown to the... <laughs> where, where are you? Uh, uh, where's your parish? Uh, West London. OK, yes, and, and and how long have you been there? Um, I'm, I'm a northerner in the south. I'm a, a northern missionary to southerners. Yeah. Uh, about been there about three and a half years. Good man. Well, thank you very much indeed for being there, and I'm sorry. The, the only time we've ever gone off colour in the entire <laughs> thing... Uh, <laughs> is, of, course, of course we live in sitcom land and there is a, a reverend on the phone. Thank you for being there, Tim. What have you got for us? Well, we've got... We, you have something on the list of, of uh, wedding dress stories. Well, I've oh, got... Yeah. I've got Wedding, wedding and funeral stories. Oh, that superb. Coming out of my ears. <laughs> and, um, of course you have. <laughs> oh, the, 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 the added thing is that the whole of my family's made up with clergy, hmm. and uh, it's, it's a family tradition of going into to being a man of the cloth. Who, 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 um, who has risen the highest, if that's not a vulgar question? Who has risen uh, the well, highest in the ranks? My, my brother's kind of one of those uh, one of those dull, extra dull clergy who actually works uh, right at the top with the man himself. Not with God. No, I was going to say that. that, 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 Easy here, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, with with the the archbishop. So he's kind of risen the highest. Everybody else, you know, does the proper day's work. I've got to tell you here, Tim. There's a hint of bitterness in that. A slight hint (laughs) of bitterness. Uh, uh, I wouldn't swap that. I like being out in the field. So if you had to cherry pick them from your stories of weddings and funerals, what have you got for us? Well, we've got uh, the best um, wedding one was uh, there was a colleague who uh, very early on in being ordained, uh, we're talking to them uh, about a week later and saying, how did your, your first wedding go? And she goes, well, it, it, I, it was terrible. <laughs> and I went, why, why was it that bad? She goes, well, the, um, the, she'd met them about six months before, done the kind of the, the prep for the service, and the, 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 it came to the day, the bride came down the aisle and from the front welcomed everybody to the service and congratulated her, the bride on her uh, pregnancy. Oh, no, this... Oh, my... Always, always ill-advised. And and we said, well... And she wasn't? And she went, no. So how did it go? She went very quickly. (laughs) And she just did the the quickest service that had ever happened. She mortified. Yeah. So... uh, uh, I think think in this age when there's this streamlining of all the services, which is another conversation for another time... I think that one you'd have to get over with jerking your thumb at one going, yeah, and then the other, yeah, yeah you're done. You're done. <laughs> out, out you go. Uh, give, give, give us another if you, if you have another. Well, we, the, the, the best funeral one was from my Uncle Roy, who was doing a, a funeral at a crematorium for a local kind of um, a pseudo-mafia family up in the northwest. <laughs> yeah. And, and they'd, they'd gathered at this crematorium and uh, warned beforehand that the, this matriarch who died had two sons mm. that had fallen out years before and were, were hated each other. Mm. And inside the crematorium, there was all sorts of odd bobs, including a few characters from Strange Ways escorted by wardens mm. uh, in, the, in the congregation. And as he's about to do the, the, the final bit, the committal where you do uh, you do a final blessing and in fact it, it sounds very kind of graphic thing, but you, you just press a button yeah. and this thing, the, the coffin just, it just slides off. To do that yeah. 
uh, this voice pipes up with, shouldn't be her in there. Should, it should be you, you bleep, bleep, oh, no. bleep. Oh, <laughs> right, man. And then uh, and Neela goes across the room, and then all the uh, kind of hymn books, Bibles, everybody starts kicking off. No. Everybody, Everybody's having a go at each other, punching, kicking, old ladies biting, and all of a sudden... Oh, no, hang on, hang on, Tim, you're enjoying this, Paul, too much now. Old ladies biting? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, 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 was, it was every person for themselves. Wow. And Milka backing off at this point and just slipping off into the, to, to the side room, and uh, the, apparently the police were fully expecting this to happen. The police came in with shields and batons, and they all turned on the police. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, sliding into eternity, <laughs> yeah. going through the curtains, they'll talk about a lack of respect as it, as it disappeared oh. out. Uh, and, 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 and I suggest this music you can hear in the background was what the, came onto the... That's, what, that's how he wanted to go. Fairground music oh, yeah. while there was a riot on. Well, Tim, bless you for uh, getting in touch with us this morning. Again, apologies you had here, oh. but you topped it. I, I wouldn't have apologised quite as profusely had I known you were going down that avenue. Bless you, Tim. Thank you very much indeed. That was something, wasn't it? Wow. A riot at a funeral. <laughs> but, uh, this is from um, Meg. I'm going to be 60 this year. I was married in 81, so for 39 years, when I was asked uh, in horrible team-building situations, what is unique about you, I've sadly always mumbled, uh, well, um, my mum hand-knitted my wedding dress because I honestly haven't ever met anyone else who got married in a hand-knitted wedding dress. Although, I suspect there must be others. It would be nice to know if anyone else ever did this. If you want to know, it was lovely, it was warm, and it grew throughout the day as gravity <laughs> and weight stretched it out. And like one of those knitted swimming costumes. <laughs> Can you imagine, though, if Mum said, here, don't go and buy a dress, I'll knit you one. What do uh, you say? Uh, uh, Mum? Thanks, Mum. I've already put money down on oh. one. Well, go and get it back. Come on, I've got the knee. Here. Now, I've only got mauve. Is that any, uh, mauve? Um, thick cable stick. Pray not for rain. Well, anyway, has anyone else got married in a hand knitted wedding dress? I'm very she hasn't sent a picture. I no, we would like to do that. I think, I think Meg might have run around saying, no photos, <laughs> no photos, eh? I'll get, when I get changed for the reception, you can take as many as you want. <laughs> but at the moment, it you know, it just it doesn't look right. Uh, what you got there, Peps? Um, this is from David from Linwood. With regards to mangling well-known expressions and phrases, my elderly dad, when seeing Brian Blessed on a TV screen <laughs> or shouting an attempt at an impression Gordon lives <laughs> <laughs> on your own doing Brian Blessed is not a bad way to pass the time uh, this is from uh, Martin and uh, this is not realising who somebody was 82 I lived in Ealing and every night on the way back from the working uh, from the work in the car I used to pass the Red Lion sorry I'm reading off a reading this blind it's a pub in Brentford sadly it's no longer there replaced by a much needed local amenity a McDonald's drive through he's put after that brackets sarcasm <laughs> <laughs> the Red Lion had a great reputation for bands and on this particular night a massive billboard had just been erected and announcing that none other than Dr Feelgood would be there the following week it was a warm up gig for a national tour. I swiftly double parked on double yellows. And see, and he's putting these details in that uh, red rag of ball. I think, I've told you this, that uh, hazard lights on cars mm. should only have three 
times you can use them, and then they'd stop. Oh, they okay. should be built into them because hazard lights. And you know, I'm by no means an authoritarian, but hazard lights are for hazards, not for picking up your dry cleaning <laughs> in Blackheath when you can barely get round anyway. And hazard lights go on. I'd have got always outside the dry cleaners, uh, and now he's gone to buy Doctor Feelgood tickets. But I'll continue here anyway. Uh, here it is. I, I, I ran over to get my tickets. I grabbed four. And, uh, I grabbed four and departed on cloud nine. I'd seen the feel goods plenty of times, but my kid brother had yet to sample the pleasure. One phone call later, he was signed up, and so were two of his mates, also feel good virgins. The big night arrived, and we hit the red lion. Normally, I'd be the driver, but on this occasion, we walked to the gig. I was able to imbibe some various volumes of ESB. What's ESB? Is that a beer? Oh, of course it's a beer. It was something like that. Anyway, and after a couple of hours, because we've got beer sponsors now. Extra special beer. Extra special beer. After after a couple of hours supping, my brother managed to pull me from the bar. We hit the main floor of the pub and began looking for somewhere to stand. The place was packed, space at a premium. We found a spot halfway to the stage, and I was really merry, and particularly taken with a guy in front of me wearing a denim shirt that was extravagantly stitched all over the back, advertising a potato baked potato takeaway in California <laughs> stitched on the back of his shirt. I found the idea of a spudgy like in Western USA uh, rather funny, and having expensively emblazoned on your back was simply too hilarious for me in my inebriated state. I began baiting this chap, tapping him on the shoulder and saying, Got any King Edwards, mate? Medium rare if you got any. He remained stoic and continued to look forward. After about ten minutes of continued baked potato jokes... <laughs> With no response, I got no response from my new friend and the feel-goods came on. After the first two numbers, the place was a riot, but my spud-loving friend was nowhere to be seen. Had I sent him away? After the gig, the four of us tripped out the pub, exhausted, covered in sweat, our ears ringing, extremely happy. All three of them looked at me and said in unison, We're in a feel-goods. Oh, you didn't lie, the best I've ever seen, but you taking the piss out of Dennis Waterman in his shirt. With the... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry? Dennis Waterman. No wonder he went... Dennis Waterman? Dennis Waterman, you kept all about the potatoes and his shirt. <laughs> Dennis Waterman? I didn't even twig at the time, but Waterman was at the height of his minder days. He probably, I wouldn't probably feel any damage he'd done anyway. <laughs> so, as a bonus fact, how about this? <laughs> Martin's good. As a bonus fact, I give you this. On planet Earth, as you were discussing the other week, we have tended to evolve, evolve symmetrical limbs as this makes movement, attack and defence much easier. And therefore, creatures with symmetry have tended to survive evolution. The fossil bank has vast evidence of past creatures without this symmetry, and they're no longer with us. This is the other week when I said, why hasn't any animal evolved a wheel? Mm. And he says, whilst all creatures on Earth are symmetrical, they, uh, most are, are not on the inside. For instance, the human heart is on the left and the appendix is on the right. We are not symmetrical. But how about this? There is an animal with five limbs. Five limbs. Ooh. Ladies and gentlemen, the starfish. Of course! Rare starfish. Anyways, a long email from Martin, but worth it to find out that Dennis Waterman was sent packing from a gig because he kept saying, Who are you, mate? Got any roast in your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> what you got there, Peps? We got Peter on the line oh. on, a, on a similar topic. Oh, Peter. Hello. Hi, Danny. Oh, thank you very Hi, much you. for being there, Peter. Thank you very much indeed. What happens is you get in touch with us, and if you uh, leave a phone number on the answer phone, we, we can uh, call you back. Peter, what have you got for us? 
So uh, this is a, a, a tale of uh, speaking to somebody or being in the presence of somebody and not realising okay. it. Okay, um, same deal. I, I think it was, I think it was uh, 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, England were engaged in a uh, test series against Pakistan, I think, and, and, and me and three of my friends had got uh, tickets to go and watch a day of cricket at Edgebaston. Mm-hmm. Um, we, well, we all lived in London, so we needed to get the train. We, we uh, had a, a rendezvous to meet at Euston Station and get Get our train up to up to Birmingham. I had booked tickets for us, uh, the four of us, on a on a on a table seat, so we had four seats together. Mm-hmm. We were a little bit late, a little bit kind of you know rushing, so it was all a bit of a, a bit of a mad rush. We were we were kind of getting through the barriers, running running onto the platform, getting onto the train. It, we we made it, but it was all a bit it was all a bit last minute. And the the, mm-hmm. the consequence of that is the train was was very full, people mm-hmm. standing up, lots of people, in lots of seats, kind of barged our way or worked our way through to, to where our seats were and there were four gentlemen sitting in our seats and yeah, you have that moment where you go, oh, maybe I'm in the wrong carriage or I've, you know, I've looked at the ticket and so I've sort of got the tickets out. Yeah, you, you, have, you have to go through that pantomime hoping they can see you looking at <laughs> exactly. your... You, you, it's all for their benefit. It's, it's, it's like, exactly. You know deep down that you're definitely right. Yeah, but, and you're uh, waiting for them you, to say, are we in your seats? Because that would help. But instead, you're <laughs> like a puppet on a string looking over checking tickets, <laughs> looking down, see if there's another number at the bottom of the seat. So you're doing all of that. Exactly, and and I did that. I, I concluded that I was right. These were our seats, and I, I also did that thing you do. So there's four of them sitting around the, the table where we should be. I, you sort of fix one of them mm. and say, "Excuse me, I think I think these might be our seats." And and I guess yeah. it goes one of two ways at that point. They either go, "Well, I know, I think you'll find these are our seats," and you have to <laughs> you have to decide who's right and who's wrong, mm. or they they put their hands up and go, "It's a fair cop." We were, you know, we were we were okay. we found yeah. these seats. They were empty anyway. So it was the latter, and they they just kind of got up a bit sheepishly um, and kind of uh, sort of stuff, sorry, 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 and started to sort of shuffle the way, shuffle past us, walk past us. At this point, um, I, I was sort of still just really looking at the one guy who I'd, who I'd uh, asked to move. Um, two of my companions started to look a little different. There was a sort of strange, a strange look on their face. At this was, it, point. Was, it, I didn't... was it disgust or reverence? <laughs> it was... Uh, Dismay and mild shock, I would say. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, we, we sat down in the seat, and, and I sat down in one of the, the sort of aisle side seats, and the lady from across the uh, the seat leaned over to me and said, "You do realise you've just moved the next prime minister of this country from these seats, don't you?" Which which prime, minister, was, which prime minister are we talking about? It, it, well, it was David Cameron. It was oh. the general election <laughs> had been called. They were in the middle of in the middle of campaigning, and he was doing exactly what we were doing, which is going up to the test match in Edgebaston yeah. to, to get some photo opportunities and press the flesh and be seen around. Uh, you know, around. Never, the place. never mind about all of that. You're, 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 the fellow was in your seats. Yeah, the fellow was in your seats. Someone's exactly. not reserving him seats. That's the end of the breaks. And a photograph there of a few quid would have been in that. Many a paper would have said, look look who we are suggesting we put into Downing Street. This hog exactly. of, of L15. <laughs> and and uh, after that, you didn't feel bad about it, did you? Because a lot of people have their hats in the air. I was. I mean, I was absolutely overjoyed. I, yeah, uh, Given my personal political persuasions, I couldn't have been happier. You're, um, you're, we're all friends here. We're all <laughs> friends here, my friend. Well, thank you very much indeed. How about that? Turfed out the future Prime Minister from his seat. Uh,
He was Prime Minister, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Three to four on Wednesday afternoon, I remember it. Yes, it was. <laughs> uh, what you got there, Peps? This is from Steve. Title, not sure which category. Doesn't matter. Which we always enjoy. A number of years ago, our mate, one of our mates, Chris, wanted to put an aerial up. He lived, he lived in a ground floor flat and he got permission from the lady three floors up to put the aerial on the outside of her wall. So the three of us, Chris, Andy and myself, Steve, got together, got two ladders and joined them together with rope. Extending each of the ladders fully while still lying on the ground, it took all of our combined strength to carefully and steadily lift the now very wobbly ladders against the wall. By now, we had attracted a crowd and it was time for one of us to climb the ladders. So I said to them, I said to Chris, Andy and I will hold the ladders, you go up. He said, I'm not going up, you're going up. I said, I'm not going up, it's him who's going... No. After a small debate, one by one, we each tried to climb the ladders. All got a third of the way up before we bottled it. Absolutely. Red face, Chris's wife made us all a coffee, we dismantled the ladders and went home. And tied together the two ladders on the assumption their friend was going to go up first. That's a way to I found out I had um, vertigos. You talk about traits you've inherited from your parents. My old man, at about the age of 40, suddenly became got, terrified of heights. Oh. Could not do it. Um, we were up uh, uh, in Norfolk and we went up a, a church spire, hmm. or certainly like the Norman, get on the roof. And he got onto the roof and sat down. He said, I can't, I can't look over. I, I'd never seen my old man oh. in, in any situation oh. like that. What? And he lay down flat. Oh, no, we can't. I can't, I can't, I said, there was a I can't look over. And it don't, that was how he found he had vertigo. Now, cut to 25 years later, maybe more. I'm in Rye in Sussex, mm. where there's a church there where you can get up onto the highest part of it by going up a ladder. I got up the top of the ladder and I looked, I said, oh, now I'm not going to lay down on the floor, but I said, when? I can't look over the edge. <gasps> and then I realised to get down again, you had to go backwards oh. down the ladder. Uh, so that's how I found out. I inherited vertigo at about the same age as my old man. This is a, this is from our friend Joseph. Oh, this is this is a tale of being drunk. You know, not your normal tale of being drunk. This is a belter. Hello, Candyman and Pepper Napoleon. Thank you. Uh, old friend. Thank you, thank you. Some years ago, a friend of mine won tickets to see Ringo and his all-star band at the Opera House in Manchester. I excitedly agreed to go along with him. We arrived to pick up our tickets at the box office and they were centre stage front row. The band had in them at the time Edgar Winter and Steve... Uh, I don't know Steve Lukather. Huh? Well, Todd Rundgren was in that band for a while. Anyway, and they put on a great show. Being the young fools we were, me and my mate Ken got very drunk very fast and rushed to the bar before the final encore to get some more pints. I bought three. I drank one and went uh, had one in either hand. Uh, you do that, don't you? <laughs> I know. We got back to our front and centre seats just in time for Ringo to start the infamous, he says, Yellow Submarine. By this time, I was all too excitable and decided to clap along by slapping my leg. One of the pint glasses I held in my mouth. <laughs> this was uh, fine for the first verse, but then Ringo shouted, All together now! <laughs> and I began to sing, and the full pint of beer previously held in my mouth landed square in my lap. Sitting right under Ringo's famous nose, he shook his head at me and walked back to the mic in disgust. It was an embarrassment, but I can say I'm the only bloke who's been shamed by a beetle. Well, that's pretty big talk around yeah, here, my friend. Say. That, when you get... Your friend shamed by George Harrison. You told the story yeah. the only the other week. Yeah. Can I get your autograph? No, you can't. No, he said, uh, would you mind signing this, George? Yeah, I would. <laughs> 
Uh, so keep any of those coming you can. But when you come back from a bar holding one of those plastic pints in your teeth, it never <laughs> ends well. Uh, what you got there, Peps? Uh, this is Russell in Hackney, which is... it was The initial thing was about names for dolls and teddy bears. Yes, it was, yes. But we've now hit a rich theme of men's names for action men. <laughs> what was it? We had... Um... My son bought the uh, dinosaur from when he was about mm. six from the Natural History Museum. And when I asked him what he's going to call it, he said Rick Astley. He called his dinosaur Rick Astley. But... There was an action man that was named after uh, Captain uh, Peacock. Captain Peacock. Frank Thornton. Yes, it was called Frank Thornton. Yes. Yes. Well, on a similar level, Russell and Hackney. I inherited an older model than your standard 1970s action man from a family friend. Instead of the fuzzy suede head, he had very dark, moulded plastic hair with a certain malevolent street compared to the rest of my eagle-eyed troops and he was instantly the bad guy looking for a moniker for this hood i looked at the tv one night and there across the bays of the pot black table i found it yes my evil plastic figure became known as ray reardon <laughs> yes 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 no you do ray reardon of course had that plastered down black hair exactly like a 1960 what oh are we oh that seems to be it well a little of this and we'll wind up one second turn it up Jesus takes a throne and he turns it upside down and oops there comes a smile when I'm very sad Jesus makes me yeah well that, that's plenty of that isn't well, it Crime up go in let's cozy down wave goodbye to that silly frown as we chase our cares away in the the fire's on, it's warm inside We guarantee you'll be satisfied As we laugh the day away In the tree Take it away, Daddy! Always do, Wisby. Thank you so much for all your correspondence and to new listeners, welcome. Uh, all of these we'll get round to in time. Uh, of course, Phil Wilding and Josh through the glass there, including Gulliver Tickle today, by yes. the way. Uh, Louise Pepper co-hosting the show with me, but as always, chiefly yourselves. We'll see you next time, everyone. Next time, the shortest distance to go on holiday. Your parents acting out of character. You couldn't turn it off. And the story of your middle name. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.